oh, the Lord is already present with us. Uh, you know, the Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Uh, that is um, why, you know, as a church, we, we lead in worship. You know, we, we uh, enter into the presence of God in worship and we praise him. Um, uh, and while I was standing there praising him, um, God just, I just drifted completely off and God brought me back to when my heart was so hard. God like took me through my life and brought me back to the place to where, uh, my heart was so hard, uh, and I was so blind, so blind. I had no idea. Um, and when I was in prison, I, uh, I ended up going to this service and the preacher, and I came with a willing heart because I was broken, uh, and I wanted to know this God. Uh, but this preacher, man, God just sent the man is all I can say. And he preached and it just tore my heart up. I couldn't even explain. It was like a fire inside of my heart. And I knew I had to do something, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. Right? Are y'all with me? Uh, but that night I went to my room and I just cried out to God. And it marks the day that God radically transformed my life and my heart. And, and I walked outside and like the grass is green for the first time. I'm, I'm 21, 20 year old, uh, you know, 20 something year old man, young man. And it's like I seen the world from another perspective. It was like the Holy Spirit illuminated everything to me that was alive. This is his creation. We step on the grass and we, we don't even take it. We don't even think about it. But, dude, I could see it. It was alive. It was it was an awesome experience. But I'm saying that in order that you would understand that the preaching of God's word is powerful. Uh, and let me tell you something. God has been dealing with me, I hope uh, going through this series has helped y'all, because it has helped me, you know, old Pastor D up here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, this series has really brought my life into subjection. Uh, I'm on one, y'all with me? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely on a, on a rise, and you know what, it feels good. It's my third day without Facebook, I'm, I'm rocking. That's doing something, man, I've been on Facebook for 10 years. I mean, no, as Apostle Paul probably wouldn't have been on Facebook all day. You feel what I'm saying? Um, so also, um, if uh, if you want to come to the Men of Honors class, let's find out today, 6.30, Tuesday. Uh, and then we'll get a solid uh, class so we'll know how many people we got and stuff like that. Are y'all with me? Um, so we've been working our way up this list. Praise God. Uh, add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness. And that's where we're at. Um, and, you know, every time I go to study one of these things, uh, I start reevaluating my own life. And uh, last night, man, I was digging into this word and it really set me on fire and i know that god was gonna move in here today uh i was outside just staring at the stars talking to god i was 
just dealing. I don't know if y'all do that. I, for some reason, I feel like God can hear me better when I'm outside. But I don't think that's the case, but I do that. Uh, but I could just feel the presence of God, just like I was feeling it right here this morning. And uh, man, I just knew everything was going to be good. And I knew God was going to be with us today. Uh, and that's where we need to be, right? Because we don't need to just be a bunch of people in a building uh, singing songs and, and, and just doing everything in the flesh. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God to be with his people, and especially at this time. So I hope you are prepared for this message. Uh, and I will ask you to prepare your hearts for examination. I don't care how far you are with God. Uh, we've always got further to go. And not only that, you know, God speaks to us. Um, and we need to tighten up. Are you with me? And let me tell you, I'm not preaching at you. Every message I've ever preached has always been for me first. God takes me through the processes that I can understand. And then he deals with me. And then I deliver it to you. So don't ever think that I'm like talking to you like, oh, well, you know, we had this conversation last night. Now I'm talking to you about this from the pulpit. I don't do that. I literally preach as God puts it on my heart to preach. Um, but uh, I know I know that that things can get confusing sometimes. I just wanted to make that clear. You know what I'm saying? So I'm never up here saying, well, you need to check yourself because the last time we talked to him, you didn't do this. That is. I didn't want it to come out like that. So I, I want you all to understand that I'm, I'm not just preaching what I think. You understand what I'm saying? All right. The word godliness. Interesting. Interesting. The word godliness comes from a Greek word. Which root is Seb. S-E-B. Which that means that's the root of this word. All Hebrew and Greek words have a root word and then a prefix and an ending and it, it creates a word. Uh, which meant originally to step back from something. To maintain a distance. Then to have awe of something. Especially something lofty and sublime. This root is combined with EU. Which means abundance, fullness of. To form the word Eusebia, which is translated in English, godliness. And it means awe, respect for the divine, awesome respect according to God, devotion or devoutness, piety, godliness. Living a fruitful, obedient, Christian life. So uh, this word, uh, you know, it really, really grabbed my attention because what, what God had brought me to in the scriptures were all the men who were godly men. All the men who were extremely godly when the world was extremely wicked. How many knows that um, at one time God judged the whole entire world? In Genesis chapter 6. And he judged the whole entire world. But after he did that, he said, I won't judge the world like that again. Right. With water. Um, and he began to judge individuals and nations. Are you all with me? If you take the timeline through the Bible. 
Um, but there's a day again that's coming where God will judge this whole world. Um, but you know, it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not slack concerning His promise, but wills that all should come to repentance. It's like uh, we have suffered an identity crisis. You are born into this world of wars and you have no idea. It's almost like you have to discover what we were originally intended to be. How many knows that we were actually created to be in fellowship with God? That's why people long and they, they search for everything. Whatever they get is never good enough. You're still searching. How many knows that God wants to have a relationship with you? Are you with me? And God has provided a way for all our failures, all our weaknesses, right? That we can walk with Him. Um, so, the Bible says that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And I, I mention that often because Sometimes we need to be reminded that this world out here lies under the sway of the wicked one. Are you with me? Uh, and the whole world is in rebellion to God. That's what we fail to realize. You can't even be good enough. You don't understand. God has already set all as sin and falls short of the glory of God. Are you with me? Uh, so it doesn't matter how good you are, how good you think you are. See? Are you with me? But God has provided a way of righteousness that we can once again walk with him. And this is the restoration of your soul. But it requires repentance towards God. Are you with me? Repentance is a change of heart which results in a change of action. In other words, the whole world is going this way. It's already going this way. You were born in this world and you started running this way. Are you with me? But repentance is where your heart comes to God and you say, God, I don't want to run like that no more. I want to follow you. I want to chase after you. And I want to walk with you. Let me tell you something. In a world full of crazy, that's not always going to be easy. But as we enter this message, I want you to understand the necessity of walking with God. Uh, if you got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. Uh, and I'm getting to this godliness thing. But what I realized is this fruitful growth of faith, if we're not pursuing this fruitful growth of faith, we're, we're going to be drifting. Don't you understand? Uh, and a lot of people teach you, you know, about Christianity, but they don't teach you how to walk this thing. Right. Uh, and, and, it, and it's our due diligence to seek the Lord. Right. 
to this godliness is to have an awesome respect for the things that are divine. To be awe-inspired. To sit back and see God like, ooh, he's awesome. Are you with me? And then let that reflect in your life. How many has ever had an encounter with God and it just fires your soul up in a way that no normal person would really understand? But it changes your life. It changes your life. It's not you becoming righteous to be like God without God. It's you walking with God. And what in what he did, you understand? So we're on this fruitful growth of faith, and this is the prescription for a Christian life. Hebrews chapter one. I know I just said that, but, um, you know, it's like the whole world suffers from an identity crisis, but mainly mankind, because mankind was made in the image of God. Goddess, what was that? (laughs) Mankind was built with the power of creativity, with the power of intellect, to be self-aware. You don't see uh, animals look at themselves and say, well, I'm fat, or I need to put some clothes on, right? That's a human thing. We have the ability to reflect and... uh, do a lot of things, be creative, do a lot of things. But what's happened is mankind is completely out of alignment. And what God did is set this alignment for us. And we're going to get into the scriptures. Uh, and, and, and the reason I want to come here is because I realize it don't matter how long you've been a Christian. Man, you can get caught up and start drifting away from God. And I didn't realize this young in my walk, and ultimately it caused me a lot of pain. Are you with me? Can I get any witnesses? I'm all alone. Praise God. Oh, okay. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10. And this is uh, his prescription to an awesome God. And he says this, And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will all grow old like a garment, like a like a cloak. You will fold them up and they will be changed. But you are the same. And your your years will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstools? Are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation. Now, here's what I want you to pay close attention to. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. He says, look, man, the uh, God has created the heavens and the earth and uh, everything will pass away, but God will remain the same. He didn't change on you. We changed on Him. Are you with me? But He's saying that even the angels are ministering spirits to all of those who will receive salvation. Right? And He's He's telling us this to, to give us this warning is also, and He says this, He says, therefore we must give the more earnest he to the things we have heard, 
at least we drift away. And I've drifted away. I've drifted away. And there, there's an anchor for our soul, which is the blessing of God, that Jesus Christ is the anchor for our soul. Are you with me? So, look, here's my life. I mean, ever since I've been saved, let me tell you something. I've took some real big drifts. And I wanted to die when I was all the way over here. Are you with me? Literally, I, I wanted to die. That's how bad it is. Life had got, life had become. Uh, but ultimately, this anchor for my soul, I knew where to look when I reached the end of my stuff. Are you with me? And I looked to God and he began to uh, prepare my steps again before me. When I was utterly lost, confused, and in darkness, couldn't see nothing. This is as a Christian. Uh, but I took this long journey of taking this walk with God. And He restored my life. And He blessed my life. He restored me to uh, as if it, nothing ever happened. That's why I praise God, dude. Everything in his word is so true. Like, I, I'm at awe in, uh, to see the things of God. Right? Uh, I want to take you to Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, and, and, and what I'm trying to get at today is that the whole world walks after the devil, walks after the evil one, right? You don't realize it. Even when you think, well, I'm just doing my own thing. You're really doing the will of the devil. That's what the devil said. He said, I'm going to do me. You feel me? Uh, and this is the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. Genesis chapter 5. Because I really wanted to uh, show you men in the Bible. That walked with God. And this was their testimony. And we're starting with Enoch. How many has ever heard of Enoch? His testimony is hardcore, y'all. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Uh, there's a commentary in he, uh, Hebrews who also uh, re-narrates this. And, and listen to this. Uh, just stay right here because we're going to stay right here. Hebrews chapter 11. But faith, but by faith Enoch. Taken away that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had the te this testimony. This was his testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Somebody say diligently seek him. Praise God. Diligently seek Him. Diligently seek Him. Uh, now skip on down to uh, 
Genesis chapter 6, and this is the story of Noah, but we're going to go to verse 5. But I want to read the side note in my Bible here. Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to this. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in once, or in which you once walked, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. So the writer here is telling us that, hey, man, everybody once walked according to the course of this world. Right? Even when we were dead and our trespasses and sin, God did what he did. Right? And he made us alive. Second Peter chapter two says this, for if God did not spare the ancient, the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. One of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Y'all see why I'm here? There's a difference. Godliness and the ungodly. Are you with me? And I want to read with you uh, Genesis chapter 6. It says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. Somebody say, but Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. And I want you to see the fact that these two men that God absolutely loved, it says they walked with God. It wasn't that they chased these religions and whatever, 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 but they literally walked with God, in sync with God, in the direction of God. Remember how we talked about repentance. Repentance is to uh, have a change of heart, which will be reflected with a change of action, a change of course. Your footsteps will take a new walk. Are you with me? But it starts in the heart. You don't take off walking and expect to get there. It's not like that. You come to the Lord. And he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to strengthen you. Right. But what I wanted to bring to your eyes was this time when God judged the whole entire world. He looked down on the earth and he realized that man is evil. They are evil. Everything in their heart is just continual garbage. 
evil. Right? But then he looks at Noah and he says, Ah, oh, this is a faithful servant. Right? Well, not, not those words. Uh, but he found, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. Uh, God went on to begin judging people and nations. Uh, and even used what's the book of Judges to make judgments and rose people up to make judgments and uh, whatnot. But he began to deal with nations and people individually. Are you with me? So he after this, he didn't come and destroy the whole world again or uh, whatever. But he did judge nations still. Are you with me? Let me ask you something. When you look out into this world. Do you think God says, oh, man, all of these people have found grace in my sight? Or does he look out in this world and think, man, I am sorry that I made this world. We grieve the heart of God continually. But see, God is not willing that any should perish and he is long suffering. And what that means is, man, like as humans, we'll get quick and we'll burn somebody down real quick. You know what I'm saying? But God ain't like that. He has patience and kindness. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Somebody say all. Can you imagine what it was to be Noah? A man building a boat and said it's going to rain and it's never rained. The Bible says that in the end of time, in the last days, it will be like in the days of Noah. Yeah? The question is, who are you going to be in the last days? Are you going to be like the rest of the world? Or are you, are you going to be like Noah? Are you going to be like Enoch and walk with God? You know, I, I didn't say this last week, but sometimes it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Uh, God knows when you get saved, you've got a lot to, to grow in and learn. Am I, am I wrong? What's your answer then, little buddy? You say, yeah? No? Yeah? Okay, praise God. Uh, I want to also take you to... Um, Isaiah chapter 38, when God deals with kings. So if you're not catching the drift of my messages, to be a Christian is to turn away from the ways of the world and begin to walk after God. Right? Not by your own power, but by His regenerated power in Christ. What you're going to feel is this draw from the Holy Spirit in your heart stirring you up. And saying, man, something, I'm, I need God. God, I need, you're going to feel that in your heart. You might, heart might start beating. I don't know. That's, that's how it happened with me. But God will come forth and, and, and his whole objective, and there's ministering angels sitting here on our behalf for all of us. 
who would turn our hearts away from evil and turn to the living God. Do you know that God judges nations? But he's long suffering, man. He gives time to repent, gives time to repent. Think about it. He sent Jonah to Nineveh. And the report was this. The king and everybody in that land. I like how it starts out with the king. Nobody's above it. Are you with me? The king and everybody in that land repented. And God did not bring judgment. Right? How many knows uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? Are y'all with me? Uh, you know, God passes through by Abraham and tells him, hey, I'm about to destroy Sodom. The cry is great against Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham, being the just man that he was, said, God, please, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And God's like, well, find me 50 righteous in that city, basically. And then, you know, it, it keeps working itself down. And, you know, uh, from 50 to 40 to 10, right? Or, or whatever, how, how far down it goes. The story was that the whole city had turned over to do evil and evil continually. Are you with me? Lot was the only one in the city. And that's why God sent the angels to get Lot and his family out of Sodom. Because Sodom was going down, period. Do you understand? And when God moves to judge nations, he protects individuals. And this is what I wanted to tell you. This is the good news, right? The only refuge we ever had was God. We try to hide behind so many things and get in our little comfortable house and this, that, and other. All that's temporary. We got our fire insurance. We got our car insurance. We got our life insurance. We got all kind of insurance. But there's only one real assurance, the blessed assurance. Are you with me? And in God, we have a refuge. Who are you going to be? In the last days, I mean, who are you going to be? Because I've made my mind up that me and my house are going to serve the Lord. Period. All the way to the end. Whatever that brings, God is my refuge. Are you with me? Isaiah chapter, because I want, I want to show you God. Isaiah chapter 38. And verse 1. And don't think I'm being hard on you today. The Holy Spirit has literally moved in my heart to preach in this direction. And I'm telling you, we better get our houses in order. Every single one of us. See, you can look at us as a group, but at the end of the day, you will stand before God. Not beside me. Now, I will have a, a, a stricter judgment for being your teacher. But at the end of the day, you will stand before God. Are you with me? 
But how many knows we got a advocate? Jesus Christ, our righteousness. And that is where your comfort is. Are you with me? See, what had happened in the uh, book of Isaiah here is the king Hezekiah, who uh, was a descendant of David, if I'm not mistaken, he sat on the throne of Israel. And let's read this real quick. In the days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And, and Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order. Set your house in order. For you shall die and not live. So God had sent a prophet to Hezekiah. And the prophet says, hey, says, get your house in order. Make your funeral arrangements. Because you're going to die and you will not live. And at this time, Isaiah was a pretty famous prophet. Didn't nobody doubt what he said. But here's the good part. Are you ready? Come on, we need some encouragement in here. I can feel the. Come on. Are you ready? It says, then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. And prayed to the Lord. And said, remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. What did he do? He repented. He turned from his evil way. He cried out to God. And there was mercy. Let me tell you, the, the God who uh, was going to destroy Nineveh sent the prophet. Said Nineveh's going to be destroyed. The whole reason Jonah didn't want to go was because he knew that God was gracious and merciful. And he knew that what he said probably wouldn't come to pass. So on this occasion, God sends Isaiah, the prophet of the Lord, to King Hezekiah. And he tells him, get your house in order. Get your house in order. (laughs) And then the king turned his face to the wall. And he began to cry out to God, you remember the former days when I walked with you? When I was in your presence? In truth and with a loyal heart. How many knows prayer is something else? Because that day, God changed his mind on the judgment that was proclaimed on him. He said it just like this. Get your house in order. You're going to die. But watch this. Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the, and the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 
15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city. How many knows we need God to defend this city? Really? Well, that depends on his church. Because the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. Are you with me? Have we become so hard-hearted that we can't humble ourselves before the Lord and cry out to him? Does it take a prophet coming to tell you, hey, you are going to die. Get your house in order. Or are we God's people who understand that we cry out to this living God? He said, oh, well, I don't know how good it's going to do for Nashville, but I will protect this city. Are you with me? Are you with me? We've got to get the glory of God back in our lives. 100%, man, like go all in. God has provided a sacrifice for us that when we fall short, he covers it. But the objective is to walk in that direction. Are you with me? If you keep going to the course of the way of this world, judgment. But can we be godly people? Can we be godly people and cry out to God? I'm uh, probably going to finish this message. But I want you to realize that God still judges nations. And not one nation rises or falls without God's consent. I'm telling you right now. Are you with me? I know some of that's hard to understand. But how many knows that God's ways are higher than our ways? How many knows when uh, Moses, uh, well, when the children of Israel got sent off to Egypt, the reason they had to stay there so long was because the iniquity of the Amorites was not yet fulfilled. I want you to think about that. 400 years. Are you with me? So what am I saying? I'm saying is God has a plan. Guess what? He had a plan for Egypt. Uh, and he had a plan for the children of Israel within Egypt. Guess what? Their judgment came. <laughs> when Moses rose up. Are you with me? But the reason that they couldn't have the promised lands yet was because the sins of the Amorites were not fulfilled. I think people need to understand that God don't play. Are you with me? We as a church, we, we've gotten just loose and let, let the enemy just, man, we, our devotion is to the TV and everything. And I'm talking to me first. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. It's time we get our house in order. All of it. Because when that day comes, I want to be like Noah. And I want to be, have the testimony of Enoch. That he walked with God. Are you with me? How many knows uh, Noah was probably made fun of until it started raining? Are you with me? Then he became the most important man on earth. Right? 
I want to ask you today to bow your heads with me. We are entering into serious time. And it's no longer time to play church. It really isn't. But as an individual, you search your heart before God and say, God, please, I want to turn my face to the wall today. I want to turn my heart to you today and walk after you today. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be out in darkness. I want to live in life and life more abundant. I want to be the apple of your eye. Examine me, O Lord. Examine me. Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? I want to be full of your presence, Lord. Bring me close to your heart, Lord, that I can walk in your ways and be loyal to you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And I, and I hope you prayed that with me. And, you know, God knows. Uh, but, dude, it's time. It's time to set this direction. Let's be men of God. Let's walk. You know, to be a Christian is to take the walk. To add to your faith. Virtue. Virtue. Knowledge. Knowledge. Self-control. Self-control. Perseverance. Perseverance. Godliness. Actually, I'm going to read one last scripture. And I know we just closed out. But I want you to see this fruitful growth of faith, what it says, because I've never read it to you before. Listen, right before we enter into this, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Somebody say he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which also we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped, somebody say escaped, the corruption that is in the world through lust. But here's where our whole sermon comes in right here. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Somebody say diligence. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly love, or brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness agape love, which is the divine nature of God. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be more even diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Isn't that amazing? It's basically telling us, like, we're going in this direction. Add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, right? All the way to this agape love, this divine nature. The Bible says that we, we have been enabled by what he did to be partakers of this divine nature. To be filled with the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. That's the children of God. That's Christianity. It's not a church building with rules. It's a fellowship with the Almighty God. That's what we need. On the individual level and also on a corporate level. We will never have unity. We will never have anything without the Holy Spirit. That is our number one objective before we even worry about evangelism. We got to get our house in order, right? Are you with me? I'm done. I love y'all. Maybe Daniel will preach next week. Oh, if that don't fire you up, then you logs away. That's what they used to say at camp, right? That's some good stuff. Uh, I was talking to Daniel over the telephone, and uh, I'm going to speak tonight with real grace. I told you, I ain't telling you anything because you, you'll preach my message. And uh, we're, we're right on key with each other. And that's just how, that's how it works, you know. So we're going to close.